0: Archiver: The A's in Kansas City is made possible by a grant from the Missouri Humanities Council and is a member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts.
1: Will I, well, I get my eyebrows on straight? <laughs> <laughs> you just start, Frank, let him pick it up. Please. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, make this as brief, as much to the point as possible, that we've decided... Having in mind what we believe is the best interest of the Kansas City Athletic Club for the future, we decided to make a change in the field manager. We start this
0: episode at a hastily called news conference on June 19, 1961. At the direction of owner Charles O. Finley, General Manager Frank C. Lane is announcing the A's have fired manager Joe Gordon after a scant half-season. But there's one thing. Just at that moment, Joe had no
1: idea he was being canned. I would say that Joe has no official notice of this, and we haven't been able to talk to to Dorothy about two or three times, and I didn't think that uh, she'd break to Dorothy, other than she said she'd definitely have Joe call me by 2.30 because he's out on the lake fishing, trying to get him for two or three hours. And because of the the need of time... The need for time, we were forced to announce this actually before Joe has official notification of it. I don't know how the hell we can do it unless we have way we can get him out on the lake. And here's
0: something else nobody knew at the time. Finley would go on to fire lots of managers, make lots of enemies, and go on to be one of the most hated owners in all of professional sports. The podcast is Archiver, The A's in Kansas City, Episode 6. Charlie-O the despised me. I'm your host, Sam Zeff. So last time I told you about Finley the showman, Charlie-O the mule, the exploding scoreboard, Kelly green and gold uniforms at a time everyone else wore white and gray, his lobbying for orange baseballs. Sounds like a real funster, but no, not at all. Finley had a mean streak. He was mercurial, dictatorial, Nothing was ever his fault. He replaced Gordon, whose nickname, of course, was Flash, in 1961 with Hank Bauer, who was wildly popular in Kansas City. Bauer had his best years with the Yankees, but he moved permanently to suburban Prairie Village after playing for the Kansas City Blues, the top Yankee farm club, until the A's moved to the city in 1955. Here's Finley being interviewed by A's broadcaster Monty Moore after the owner hired Bauer.
1: Well, I've always, uh, Money had great admiration for Hank Bauer. I've always admired his uh, spirit, his aggressiveness, his desire, and his hustle. And Money I feel quite sure that Hank Bauer will do a great job for the Kansas City Athletics.
0: Bauer would finish out the 1961 season and all of 1962. In total, he managed just 264 games for Finley. Sensing his days were coming to an end, he resigned on September 29, 1962, before Finley could pull the trigger. Finley was furious. He wanted to fire Bauer, but the Marine veteran who won two Bronze Stars in World War II left the A's on his own terms. And the firings of Gordon and Bauer was just the beginning of years of churning through managers by Finley. By the way, the man we heard in the news conference announcing Gordon sacking Fry Lane, he didn't last long either. He was A's general manager for eight months. Here's Finley being interviewed on the radio by Monty Moore, with the owner sounding just a bit paranoid.
2: Charlie, uh, some of the press uh, stories today... I uh, have mentioned this rumor thing. Uh, what rumors in particular are you talking about that you found out he spread? Well, my, uh there's been many rumors uh, spread uh, about my interference with the ball club, with the operations of uh, of uh, the ball club as far as the manager is concerned. And uh, as you know, a few months ago, we fired uh, Joe Gordon. And had we known at that time what we know today, we would have not fired uh, uh, Joe Gordon. And, uh, Charlie, then you have all intentions of keeping Hank Bauer on as your manager? Very definitely so. Again, I say uh, Hank uh, is doing a great job, and uh, I have great admiration for him. Uh, I'm sure the players have great admiration for him, and uh, I want to do everything that I help, can do to help Hank.
0: In the end, Finley did very little to help Hank, and those rumors he alluded to yeah, we never found out what they were. In the seven years Finley owned the A's in Kansas City, he had seven managers, each averaged 162 games before being fired. While Finley was oftentimes quick to sign a prospect to a big bonus, he was also awfully hard to play for. And in 1967, that all came to a head and unofficially ushered in the first bidding war over a free agent
1: Ken Harrelson. Two down, the ball game in the balance. Might be the last man to bat this season for the A's
0: right here. Ken Harrelson took a walk in his final at bat of 1964 in Chicago. He was a hard-hitting first baseman outfielder who came up with the A's just the year before. Harrelson, known as Hawk because of his nose, was a tough guy who wasn't afraid to speak his mind. And he did exactly that in 1967 when Finley fired manager Alvin Dark. After dark was canned, Hawk called the owner a menace to baseball. It was in all the papers
1: and, Hawk says, Finley was furious. Because I knew Charlie was going to call after he read what I had
2: said. He says, what are you trying to do to me? He said, hadn't I been like a father to you, you know? I didn't say anything. He said, I want a full retraction. He said, in fact, I've set up a news conference there at 12 noon at the Lord Baltimore and I want you to retract all those things. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to retract them. And boy, when I said that, he went berserk. He started cussing me out and
1: he says, as of this moment, you are no longer a member of the green and gold. And he slammed down the phone.
0: Hawk loved KC and didn't want to leave. But 1967 just happened to feature perhaps the tightest race ever for the American League pennant. On September 1st, Boston, Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago were within a game and a half of each other and all wanted to talk to Hawk. Hell, even the Tokyo Giants called. In the end, Hawk signed with Boston for $150,000. He was making 12 grand in Kansas City. Sparked by timely hitting from Hawk, the Red Sox would go on to the AL Pennant. So by firing another manager, Charlie Finley opened up the first real bidding war in big league baseball for a free agent. But Finley didn't feud with just players and
1: managers.
2: Mell had been the sports head of the paper, and Ernie had written some stories that Finley wanted to move the ball club, and as a result, he had a great deal of animosity toward Ernie. And he came to me and asked me if I would uh, go after Ernie Mell on the air.
0: That's Bill Grigsby, better known for broadcasting Chiefs games and for folks my age, pro wrestling in Kansas City. But he was part of the A's broadcast team from 1959 to 1963. And you're about to hear the story of Poison Pen Night at 22nd and Brooklyn Avenue. Ernie Mel was sports editor of the Kansas City Star, and he played a big role in getting city leaders behind landing a major league team. He was a huge deal in the sports world. But after he wrote a series of stories about Finley wanting to move the club and suggested the owner was mismanaging the franchise, Finley went crazy. On August 21, 1961, he had a big sign painted. On it, a man at a typewriter, a pen, and a bottle of ink labeled Poison Pen Award. Above that, Ernie Mel Appreciation Day. Today, it would probably say fake news. Between games of a double hitter with the White Sox, a flatbed truck pulled the poster around Municipal Stadium while the organist played, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? By all accounts, the crowd was not entertained. Finley wanted Grigsby and his broadcast partner Merle Harmon to talk up the poison pen gag in between games. They refused. Here's Harmon.
2: Well, Charlie came down before this uh, first game of the doubleheader and he said, hey, I need your help at halftime. We're going to have a special deal at halftime and I I want you to give it a big play on uh, radio. And I said, what is it? And he said, well, it's something that's going to be a surprise. I want you to be a surprise. But he said, it'll be a lot of fun. And of course, I was a little bit gun-shy because I had someone, a spy, that was telling me about what they thought was going to happen. I said, my instructions are, anything is in good taste, we will support. So between games of the doubleheader, here comes that flatbed truck out with that billboard of Ernie Mel sitting at his desk, Poison pen award. Thanks, old buddy. And I just, yeah. Before the second game started, he's down in the booth, he said, did you give me a big play on it? I said, no, I didn't. And he said, you promised me you would. I said, if it was in good taste. It's the lousiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And he said, that's your opinion? And I said, that's my opinion. Charged out and he swore at me or something, I don't remember now. So. Eight o'clock in the morning I got a call from my boss in Milwaukee. He said, Finley, want you're fired. He said, Got me out of bed. He said, What's going on down there? And then he, you know, after he explained it, he said, You did the right thing. He said, I'd have fired you if you'd done it.
0: <laughs> the next morning, the Kansas City Times gave the gag exactly two paragraphs at the end of its game story. The piece focused on the A's losing a pair to the White Sox. Five to three and seven nothing. After dropping that double hitter on Poison Pen Night, the A's were in the AL basement, 37 and a half games out of first place. A's fans like myself just got used to that. But I'll tell you what, as bad as the A's were, I never got tired of this.
1: It's butternut bread baseball time. But enough baseball time, here's Monty Moore. Thank you very much, and hi once again, everybody. Here at White Sox Park in Chicago, it's going to be a cold Sunday afternoon. It'll wind up the baseball season as our A's will be playing the Chicago White Sox.
0: Up until the late 80s, if you wanted to follow baseball, you listened on the radio, and I rarely missed a game. The A's are on the air. That's our next episode of Archiver The A's in Kansas City. podcast is produced by Matt Hodapp and Linda Haskins in the studios of KCUR 89.3 in Kansas City and is made possible with a grant from the Missouri Humanities Council. Archiver is produced with Do Good Productions, where Nancy Seelen is executive producer, and with the Center for Midwestern Studies at UMKC, where Diane Moody Burke is director. There's some very cool pics at our website, fountaincityfrequency.com, and make sure to subscribe to Archiver on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. I'm Sam Zeff, and I'll see you on the next Archiver.